It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to another week of They Came to Play as we explore the sporting landscape outside of the AFL football season, which on some levels never seems to end. But uh, we're going to find out if there's something else going on in the world. Hello, Danny McGinley. Hello, Leams. Yeah, I've just gone on to afl.com.au. Front page uh, news is... Uh, someone's getting drafted. Okay, yeah, incredible stuff. Right. Uh, we, we'll chat about the draft, actually, in a moment. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Hello, Lima. Hello, Danny. Merry Christmas, because I've gone early on the tree, of course, a day early, by going right. out and getting a tree and, like, setting it up and just bringing on Christmas a little bit early this year because, you know, hmm. why the hell not? Have you got a live oh, tree, do you, Tess? I do have a live tree, yeah. We went to a farm. There was a ute. There was Santa there. There was a lot going on. Anyway, it was a very intense situation, um, the Christmas tree buying, and very Griswold straight away because, of course, in the forest they don't look as big and then you get them in your house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Limo. So hang on, Tess, you literally saying you couldn't see the trees for the forest. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Tess, I do love that you've got a real tree, but have you thought about all the pine needles that are going to be on the carpet? You're going to have to clean them up. Look, I have, yeah, because now I've got them and I have to clean them up. But um, yeah. it smells so good that I actually uh, am willing to take the hit of the pine needles, of which there are plenty, because it just okay. the house smells amazing. And also when you don't have a – I haven't had a real Christmas tree since I was little probably, and now – now I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I could. Sometimes, some years when I've had a plastic one, people have said, get a candle that smells like oh, pine. Oh, that's a good idea. Which oh, is yeah. like fine, but also it's a bit like watch, a, watch, this, watch the twos. You know, it's like it's not the same. Like <laughs> it's, it's exciting and good and you can still get the same joy, but it's not like, you know, you're watching your main game. It's like an understudy. You know, Why don't you just get a bunch of those car air fresheners and hang them on the tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, might, that might do the job. Yeah, we've got a fake one um, and, yeah, we just stack it in and put it in the roof. We dug it out on Saturday and uh, put it up. It looks great. So It's just so nice. Yes. And how much better is it with kids? Like they just get so excited and that's infectious and we yeah. put it on uh, like uh, there's there's two digital radio stations that are just Christmas carols, which is pretty awesome. There's Elf Radio and uh, and there's a Jesus-y one. <laughs> well, I'll write down Elf Radio. I might leave the Jesus. But um, I'll write down Elf Radio because I'm, a, I'm listening to Dolly Parton's Christmas album, which is um, – Holly Dolly Christmas, which is you know, <laughs> delightful, um, of course. And she also, like, does freestyle poetry really over the top. <laughs> she's, like, in the, in the first song. And we'll get on to other things in a minute. But in the first song, she's all like, I love Christmas. And then sometimes I used to say Holly Dolly as a joke to my friends. And then I'd sing about it. And so then I decided to write a whole album about it. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 through it, so. But that leads me to something, you know, 
Um, being pregnant and a bit pathetic, I've been thinking about what other sports I could engage with um, that maybe would give me the same kind of competitive spirit as normal sports like cricket and things that I might yeah. not be able to play. And I um, ended up finding out about this Christmas tree throwing competition, the championships, which happen every year in right. Germany. If you get a real tree, of course, the big issue is that it, it's all well and good while you have the tree. But afterwards, like, what do you do with it? You know, because you have to, like, recycle it and whatever. So I found out about this place called, in, called Weidenthal. Weidenthal, very German. And people line up with dead trees after Christmas. And it's, like, called the Knut Festival, which I think is Swedish. But they um, all line up and anybody can enter the competition. And you throw your tree like a javelin. <laughs> and whoever wins, oh. like, you know, get a prize or whatever. And then they have this massive piss-up Christmas festival festivus after it in so the like hall. See the javelin. Oh. I'm surprised by that. I was picturing like a caber toss in Scotland. No, no, they're just yeah. I was I was picturing something more like that as well. So when you you so you throw your tree like a javelin, yeah, and then what happens to it? Do you burn it or something? Yeah, they, a big all, they do a big bonfire afterwards. Right. It's like the most fun festival ever, and I know this year it's going to be a real challenge to get to. <laughs> To get to Germany and back again with the tree well, as well. With your tree, yeah, that would be. Could you put a Christmas tree in the overhead locker? Would that work <laughs> on the international flight? I reckon you could if I didn't take any carry-on because I don't need any carry-on. I can just wear the clothes I'm going to throw the tree in, after, yeah. you know, head over, um, stuff things into my handbag. You know when you were like a, in your early 20s, you would wear all your clothes so that you didn't have to pay extra baggage. Um that's what we did anyway. I'm 38 so. and I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe I could make it there after all. Maybe it's for next year. But nonetheless, I made Javelin the tree into a fire um, locally, you know, let's see. Ah, oh, via, via Zoom. So we've already digitised the Christmas tree throwing event. Mm-hmm. I, th- oh. I, I do want you to go over to Germany though, Tess. I think this could be a great cool running style movie. <laughs> Oh, my God. It could be a pregnant woman trying to beat the javelin. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas tree. I've never heard a, a come-from-behind story like it. Like, I am the underdog in this story. No one can take it away from me. And you get over there and there's the arrogant German Christmas tree throwers. are like, you oh. don't have a reason to be here. No, go home, Australia. <laughs> but then you get their respect begrudgingly by the end. Oh, my God. I want to do this. I mean... Now, Tess, I'm Googling this and uh, it looks like this contest is also held in Ireland. Oh, I love the Irish. I could go there. So, um, you know, you could. There's the sequel. I'm just watching it. This guy, that guy threw, he threw underarm just now. This is in (laughs) Vaden. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. More in in the manner that you might. Toss a dwarf at a dwarf tossing uh, event. <laughs> I've it's never thought. What, is, what technique do you use? Do we? Have, did I didn't test your your dad played for St Kilda? How did he throw dwarfs? Oi, 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 oi. Anyway, um, wow, that's very Trevor, Trevor Chapel. They've gone under. Um, it's very controversial. Who is also doing um, special comments during the cricket at the moment? And at least. It's like quite loose. Anywho, if anybody else listens to ABC Grandstand, they will know what I mean by listening to Trevor yesterday and being like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, Trevor. No, Trevor, isn't, not to be confused with the person of the same name. Yeah, the ABC Overnights presenter. Yes. 
who's knocking up 20 years of doing the overnight shift. Hang on, that that's not the cricket guy, the overnights bloke. No, 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 the different ah, average apples. Yeah. There we go. Are there other Danny? Yeah, because we talked about the other Danny McGinley last week. Yes. And got, a, got a couple of uh, Insta followers from our, uh, from our, they came to play army, he messaged me. Oh, Why are Australians too. following me? I mean, oh, yeah, sorry what about that. Done? Yeah, what have you done? Um, yeah, but Trevor Chappell, the uh, radio presenter, is a different a different person. But honestly, 20 years of doing overnight graveyard shift is something to behold. Uh, it really is, yeah. that's, a, that's Does he do the quiz? Is that him? Or is that no, that might program? be the night, the evenings program. Right. Okay. He starts at three o'clock in the morning and go, or two o'clock in the morning, goes all the way through um, till five thirty or something like that. So he does the proper, the proper overnights. Oh, right. I, I did that on uh, Fox FM for a few months, and I've done it for Triple M. There are, you know, some go- you get some good calls from proper weirdos at those hours, and they ring you every night. They've got nothing else to do. And I think they ring just they just yeah they'd hang up on on one radio station then they ring another one so <laughs> yeah <laughs> you get a good selection of people we on Triple M we replayed last week it was the final week of the hot breakfast so we replayed some highlights from over the years and one of them was Luke Boner who does overnights and it was his greatest highlight in inverted commas where he was this woman phoned in. And she said the fire alarms didn't work where she was living. Oh, no. And it was public housing and there was a fire and she ended up with burns to 80% of her body. And she's telling this incredible story. Uh, and on how Triple she was M. In, on, yeah, on Triple M. She said she was in intensive care for 11 days. And then you just hear Luke Boner go, all right, all right, Tr- Tracy, just hold it there, hold it there. Uh, Belgium have scored. Belgium have scored. <laughs> We're going to go to the live feed, and it was and it was Belgium, England. It wasn't even Belgium, Australia. Oh my god! Then, then he goes back to her and he says, "All right, Tracy, uh, you were saying something about fire alarms." Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> I've got a story like that. Uh, my mate, uh, who Brownie at the Fox. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know what he's doing now, but um, Rowan Brown, he was a little junior jock and he was doing the graveyards at Fox FM and he was there on September 11th, 2001. And he's just, he's, you know, had the TV on and he's just seen the, the uh, planes hit the building and he doesn't know what to do, but he rings the news director who said, yeah, I've, I've just been notified. I'm coming in. Just acknowledge it on air you don't need to don't say any details you don't know about just keep playing music and brownie goes okay sure uh, you know one on another fox uh, apparently there's something going on in new york we don't have the details but we will get them soon to you here's the music and then he hit the next song which no. was bye 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 by nsync oh no <laughs> <gasps> oh god that's uh, not ideal but hey whatever's in the playlist yeah uh, yep can't go off the playlist, guys. So nope. you know, there's been a couple of those stories over the years of wildly inappropriate songs being played while there are really bad news stories out there. Yeah. Um, anyway, now um, we, we get distracted, of course, uh, on this uh, show. So Tess, you're heading off to the Christmas tree throwing. I am. Yeah. So wish me luck. Contest. Yeah. All the best with that. Hey, uh, something I've noticed this week, guys. Uh, Cameron Smith. Uh, apparently he's being recruited to Hawthorne. Hang on, the oh, Melbourne no. Storm guy. 
The Melbourne Storm legend, Cameron Smith, not the go- not the professional golfer. Okay. The Melbourne Storm legend. Uh, That's not the same bloke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is taking Hawthorne's drafting of old people way too far. Sorry. <laughs> he has not played. I think I can see him running off a halfback flank, uh, doing a bit of damage on some opposition midfielders. Uh, he's our man. And when he does press forward, uh, it'll be a place kick for the first time since God knows when in the AFL that there's been a place kick. God, they, they're just bringing in all the Olgas. I hear that uh, Trevor Chappell is leaving ABC overnights yeah. just to play for Hawthorne. So, yeah, see, we'll, we'll have them all, all of them. They can come our way. Different experience, and, range. Uh, well, Danny, you're our history expert here. I am. Um, when was the last time the place kick was used in the AFL? Oh, um. Do you mean like a drop kick or no, like no, physically no, well, pu- putting it on the ground? In rugby league, you put the ball on the ground and you run in and kick it. I don't think it's ever no, been used, has it? I, I've got a feeling it was for a while. Yeah, we need a better historian than me then. So, yeah. Any listeners, please let us know. We would love to know. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google All right, you right. do the live Googling. Let's see if anything Dang, what is the? Oh, actually, while he's doing it, I can, I can do it. I got a place kick news. Um, Tess, did you see Sarah Fuller make her debut yes. for Vanderbilt? Yeah, ever woman to play in a big NCAA match. I did, I did see that during the week. I didn't watch the match though. I've, have you seen the kick? No. It doesn't look good, but apparently that's the tactic. Like she, it, she doesn't go very far, but that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to do that thing where you kick it and it only it goes a little bit, so your players can grab it rather than ah. smack it down the ground. But for such a moment that's going to be watched worldwide, she should have just, you know, roosted it. <laughs> it's this, um, that's a classic, isn't it? Where the coach would say, "Absolutely, under no circumstances are you to roost it." And yeah. She'll go, oh, "But what if I never get picked again?" But you won't get picked again. If you don't, if you roost it, this is a really massive conundrum. But this is my moment. I should just shine. I have questions about that, Tess. If you were, does she share the locker room then with the with the boys? I don't know. I suppose it's whatever she's comfortable with. Yeah, would you, Tess? If you were playing for the Tigers men's team, would you no. want a separate room or no? But I don't even like using like public toilet. Like I, ha- I'm the wrong audience for this because I don't really like. You are never nude. <laughs> no, I just don't like using toilets that everyone else is using. I think that's super gross. And also, like, you know, if you get into a shower at, like, a campsite, I, like, totally have thongs on and stuff like that. Like, I don't like, um, you know, yeah. other people's <laughs> disgusting behaviour. Wow. And so, like. You're, you're going to hate giving birth. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that's a kind of thing. I'm transitioning into someone else's disgusting behaviour. And so, you know, having a dog has been quite helpful for that where I'm like, why here? Why do you have to go here? <laughs> All those things that you, you know, have people have to deal with as a parent. Um, but I wouldn't want to do that for, except for, say, Dustin Martin. You know, like I don't care where Dustin Martin goes to the toilet, but I don't, also don't need to see it. You know, no, I'm talking about the, the locker room test, like you're all getting changed together. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't like that. I don't like swimming swimming pool change rooms either. Right, okay. Like, old ladies might know. Oh, yes, you should say in, in, I don't know if this happens in female change rooms, but in male change rooms, I find there's just always at least one person who just wants to unnecessarily oh strut around the room completely naked, making no effort yep. to cover themselves up. And it's the type of bloke who, while you're sitting on the bench, 
perhaps putting his shoes on, he'll just stand next to you with one leg up on the bed, <laughs> leaning down, wanting to have a good old chin wag about your workout. All right, my ears are burning. Okay, Limo, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely happens. And people, like, I think maybe it's a personality thing, but I think maybe one day I would like to be so confident as to just be able to, but then I still don't think I would because I'm aware of how other people feel, you know? It's like yeah. a, a distinct lack of awareness if you're like one leg up on the <laughs> on the bed yeah. seat um, that you maybe haven't thought, is this making someone else feel slightly uncomfortable? See, Danny, you've got a bit. You've got an Eastern European influence in your life. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Nudity's just like, yeah, whatever. It's mandatory at all times yeah. in in her household, her her in laws. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of nudity though in standard AFL. Like the players, I think I, I should get this confirmed. I think you have to like strip fully naked before and after each training session, so they can weigh you and work out how much fluid you've lost and things like that. Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty it's just common. Team bonding. You just <laughs> hang out nude to get to know each other. It's a bit like a crow's end of season camp where <laughs> just strip off. And, it's just yeah. bonding, guys. Get over it. Yeah, well, I'm very Irish Catholic, so about the opposite of that. So I don't think I would really make it. I hope the tree, the world tree throwing championships <laughs> isn't a nude kind of event. Because I'm afraid if, if you're going to Germany, Tess, <laughs> it is absolutely a nude event. Oh, yeah. If there's a, if there's a, a sauna catch-up after <laughs> on a competition, I think there'll be a bit of nudity there. Uh, hey, guys, I've done a little quick bit of research. What have you got? And I'm so excited by the result. Um, the last the, – so the place kick was used regularly in the VFL. Okay. The last goal to be scored from a place kick was Tony Ongarello playing for Fitzroy against Geelong at Brunswick Street Oval oh. in 1955. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Um, and that's that's my home. I was jogging around that oval just about an hour ago. So it brings me great joy to see that it um, was that oval. And then Tony Ongarello, well, he played 131 games for Fitzroy, kicked 247 goals, and that day he'd missed a few set shots using a drop punt. So to reduce the risk around the kick, he decided to do a place kick on his third attempt for goal uh, from a set shot. Um, Is it against the rules now? Could we could we lobby to bring it back? Mm, I don't think I don't think it is against the rules. They say it was phased out just because of the time it took. Ah. But there's no time wasting now with bloody video refs and all that rubbish. If someone put the gra- if someone was like Joe Danaher was like lining up and put the ball on the ground to kick it, I would not know what to do or how to react to that situation. Like I feel like it must be against the rules. Otherwise, some. Um, like Carmichael Hunt or someone yeah. tried it when against us. And oh yeah, beaten us Although, that. Is it a case? Is this like underarm free throws in the NBA? Mm-hmm. You know, an underarm free throw is completely legal and statistically way more reliable mm-hmm. and way more accurate. But no one does it because of the shame <laughs> attached to throwing underarm. I reckon oh, yeah. Joe Danaher should should definitely bring it back. He's the man because he's got the moustache that I reckon uh, Ongarello would have had, and he plays for Brisbane, which you know who Fitzroy are now. I think this is this is time, Joe. I know you're listening. 
Oh, yeah. kick. Good. yeah, okay. Oh, the, and the, the, uh, loves the, show. the Queensland Rugby League fans will love it. Oh, that's true. They should have done they should have brought it back this year when the AFL was at home yeah. in Queensland, really, because that would have made more sense. Just yes. Now I'm just seeing We're almost just I getting surreptitious ads a, into our podcast. <laughs> thing attached here. It's time to go. So I'm just seeing if I can find the actual vision. Oh no, it's just a, it's just like an educational clip on Aussie Rules footy. Okay, well that's um, <laughs> if you haven't heard of it, this is what it is. <laughs> I feel like our listeners are well enough versed on what Aussie Rules. Yeah, I very cross that. So, although we may have international listeners, in which case we should actually give them that video. Oh, we do have some international listeners. Remember, I, I yeah. looked into the stats. We've had people from Antarctica listen to our show. I want to know. I want to hear from you people, if you're from overseas, how it is that you found our podcast and also if you were footy fans before or whether we've sucked you in. Yeah, that's uh, a great call. If you are anywhere from anywhere that is not Australia, please let us know. Uh, even if you're, you know, you're Aussie but you're living in London, that's good enough. Tell us. Yeah. We want to. We need to expand our international audience. Yes, get in touch and uh, and let us know. Um, and uh, quickly before we get on to the thing we're actually going to talk about today, uh, David Warner <laughs> done a groin. Oh. And did you see how much pain he was in? One, and, and then. Oops, oh sorry. Did you see how much pain he was in? One, and then. How much Glenn Maxwell was laughing about it, number two. <laughs> uh, he had the biggest smile on his face while he was helping David Warner. What was that uh, about? Was that Glenn Maxwell thinking maybe he'll get the call up to the test team? Um, I was like, what is happening? But also I might say that exact groin pain is what I'm currently feeling. So I have never felt more like and like a first-grade cricketer in my entire life because that's currently the pain that I'm in. And so I felt like this huge amount of empathy. Like David Warner and I don't have a lot in common, I don't think. Um, but that particular groin injury was it. But he was also helped off the ground by two people. And I've been hobbling around like with a 35-kilo dog by myself. And so I was like, I am tough as that. <laughs> Sorry, but I feel like this every day. There is no end in sight and um, I don't have people helping me off the ground, so maybe I should laugh. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, so Glenn Maxwell's pregnant. That's what yes. you're telling us. Yes. Oh, I so. That's why he was laughing. There we go. i tell you who would have been laughing and that's Joe Burns, whose <sighs> spot in the test team was looking seriously under threat. Yep. And now he might be opening up with, a, uh, with Will Pachowski. Surely. Oh, our mate. Surely, I didn't watch the. I didn't watch the men's cricket because I was so angry after the women's grand final, and my Melbourne Stars continued the cross gender tradition of making the finals and then choking like there's no tomorrow. That was so bad. It was so bad. I mean, good on the, good on the scorches. No, was it? Wasn't that the thunder? Oh, thunder. Yeah, sorry, scorches was the other one. Um, it was, but they and also they were like a team of actual teenagers they were so youthful and exuberant and after the game you know the, there was this question about kind of oh you know did you think you'd be able to do it because you're so long they're like absolutely we're awesome <laughs> I was like that is the attitude I need in my life like a little bit of refreshing like a hundred percent we're really good at this and we've tried really hard and so we've won the grand final it was just amazing but Meg Lanning as well I've never seen her have less to say 
than the after the match um, on the on the podium speech. And I was just like, she'd be the type of captain. Like, you know, when you look around even in footy, look around at the captains and the one that you'd be the most concerned about getting in trouble with, Meg Lanning is like the one I'd be most concerned about getting in trouble with. Like she was so to the point. I was like, oh, you. Yeah. She's got Actually, a who would, there's a question. Yeah. Who would you least like to cop a spray from of all the captains uh, across the, the AFL? Oh. I, I even know who is a captain these days. I'm just going to put it in list yeah, of AFL yeah. captains. Uh, I can tell you that the, the Bont, uh, you know, he's he's a pussy cat. Um, I could I could take the Bont being angry at me. Maybe even Joel Selwood, I would struggle to take seriously. Why? Oh, that's you, Limo. I don't know. There's something about. I don't know. I just don't feel like. And same as Trent Cotchin, I don't think would put the fear of God in me. No, probably not. So we've got Rory Sloan for Adelaide. I feel like Rory yeah. would be like your friend. He'd be like, "I'm doing this out of concern for you." So I don't. I think yeah. he'd probably be like, "I don't care." And ben Stratton, like, just forget about it. <laughs> Way too friendly. Yeah, he's of no concern. The one yeah. I actually wouldn't want to get in trouble with would be Dane Zorko because I feel like he'd take it too far. You know how people would be like, like he'd be a bit mean. That's what I, that's what I think. I think Dane Zorko yeah. would be, pretend he was joking, but you'd actually, it would cut you in half. Uh, Patrick Cripps, I don't know. Wouldn't I care about nah. getting in trouble with him? Nah. Nah. I wouldn't be bothered with Cripper. Max Gorn, he would be, I reckon he yeah. could, he, he, angry Max would be pretty scary. Oh, yeah. I don't think Angry Max gets angry. You don't reckon? No. I don't think there's Angry Max. What about um, North Melbourne? Um, oh, Jack Zeeble. I reckon Jack Zeeble mm. probably be the staunchest of them all. Yeah, he seems the most old school at the moment, doesn't he? Him and Stephen Cornelio. Because Stephen Cornelio, I think he's like yeah. so fit and so good, he'd be like, you're pathetic <laughs> if you're not as good as him. Actually, who's the West Coast Eagles captain? Shuey. Oh. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> who's the? I've had a bloody blank now. Who's the one? Who, who was that captain before Shuey? Uh, Shannon Hearn. He would have Shannon actually Hearn. been quite good. He'd be good. Yeah. He would have given he, a good spray. Yeah. Sydney, uh, Sydney always notoriously have like 11 captains, so that would also be quite intimidating because there'd be like 11 yeah. people <laughs> yelling oh. at you. Half of the club are just <laughs> screaming at you. And the members, they all are mem- they're all captains. So that'd be quite intimidating. There's too many of them. <laughs> and it's just that and that and can you can you give players a spray anymore in a, before we've got a COVID vaccine? <laughs> <laughs> you can't yell and be sort of spitting all over players like they used to be back in the day. Yeah, you, you know you're in trouble when the captain says, Oi, get in that room onto Zoom. I've got some words for you. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the AFL and people yelling and spitting on you while they're angry, it made me think of Dennis Pagan. Who oh, yeah. Jared Waitley had as his number oh, one oh my story God, honestly. of the year. Yeah. Dennis Pagan's horse winning the bloody derby. You're going to be kidding me. It was so bad. It was so bad. I was like, that is like like good for Dennis. I don't want to begrudge him. Well done. It's not the most important sports story of the whole year. Not by a mile. There's so many better stories this year. Yeah. Like this year is, yeah. 
It doesn't even make top ten. It's not even. It's like it's barely a, a mild bit of trivia for me. No, but it's like a, it's like a hot. You know the uh, what do they call those uh, odd spot? It's like yes. an odd spot. Yeah, it's the in odd the spot. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, it is the odds, but also because it was an international list. So, like, arguably, if it was an Australian list, you know, it depends who does the list, but it's an international list. Like, Nadal was on that list. Like, it can't be that it is the number one. No, but he's got us talking about him. I think he's just smart enough to to get a bit of uh, <laughs> content. Do you know my yeah, favourite yeah. sporting moment? Yeah. I mean, the obvious one is the um, the women's cricket team winning the World Cup yes. at the MCG. That's that's obviously number one. But my, I reckon Majak Dor doing his comeback and getting a goal. I reckon that's probably mm-hmm. my favourite moment this year. Or Josh Dacos scoring the winner. Well, I mean, it's hard, but you, how do you go past Richmond winning the flag in a COVID year or Liverpool winning the title <laughs> in, in ages? Yep. Uh, you're right, the Women's uh, T20 World Cup was huge. Um, all the tennis interruptions, I mean, yeah. It's no, just- you can't list all the co- – every, every single person on the planet has had a COVID year, so you can't say, oh, it's amazing that Liverpool won it uh, in a COVID year. It's like, no, no, we're, we're all experiencing the COVID year. It's not like it just happened in Merseyside. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is, uh, but, um, uh, but horses didn't. Like horses didn't. They didn't have corona. Or well, no, no, so horses no had. horses had corona that I know of. So I don't. Yeah, think that's, that's true. Um, maybe we should maybe we should talk about uh, a horse winning the Melbourne Cup when the Hendra virus was going around. <laughs> that's, right. yeah, that's, go. that's the most amazing. That's the only comparable horse moment. But I all of the horse gyms were closed. All of the cin- horse cinemas they couldn't go out. Like internationally, like the NBA walk off, like and the and the protest during Black Lives Matters, and the fact that that reverberated around the whole world into all of these sports, into cricket, into footy, into soccer, with people taking a knee, and like that was like an incredible movement in sport this year that yep, sparked from the NBA, and also it was fascinating because it happened because for the first time the NBA players were all living together, so like you are all in the hub, so you hang out with the other teams and the other players so therefore like a player union is kind of irrelevant because you've got your player union because all your players are together and you can kind of stick it up management and stick it up the world and so I was kind of like that was the most amazing thing there yeah. and good. obviously the dancing with Katy Perry after the World Cup but you know <laughs> I mean oh, yeah. they're equal um in part in my mind but you know anywho it wasn't Dennis Pagan that's the moral of the story. No, no definitely not. Wasn't Dennis Pagan. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, uh, Danny, you've brought uh, to the table an interesting concept that you want us to discuss here today. Yes. Yeah, This was, last week we did the, the misery index, the depressometer for all time, uh, which Tess and I actually took to a bit further in the Patreon episode. Um, we both listed uh, the three worst losses of our of our lives, so the most depressing losses that we've experienced as a Tigers fan and a Bulldogs fan. Because uh, oh, yeah. you weren't there, Lima. You were at a corporate or something, and we, we both agreed that you actually have no idea what it's like to be a depressed right. football fan. You oh, you hey, might hey, think hey. you do, hey. but you've got no. nothing compared to us. We went, mate, we went 17 years without a... <laughs> Without a premiership, oh, I mean, heart bleeds. Nineteen ninety-one to two thousand and eight was a very lean time. Um, How many did you have before that? We did all right just before that. 
<laughs> you could you could watch the videos still of your recent victories, which is good. yeah. Uh, we can watch videos yeah. of that. I mean, yeah. so you just see Tessa's lawyer training right there. She just she just sat on the back foot. One question, Your Honor, hung himself. <laughs> <laughs> So I've uh, looked up. I decided that was a bit negative. Let's. I decided I'd do the opposite. The teams that the fans see, they would be a bit like Limo. These sports fans would feel aggrieved because that's the natural. Uh, pretty much, unless you support the Harlem Globetrotters, who uh, who win every single game, you would be aggrieved. You you feel hard done by no matter who you are. Who you support? Like me as a Celtic fan, I'm always angry about uh, Celtics on my list because you know, we've won nine league titles in a row. We've uh, won the treble the last uh, three years. We lost our first cup game in four years last night, and of course, there's protests and riots outside the ground calling oh for the God. manager's head. Yeah, oh, no, this is great. Um, there was a Scottish pundit who's a former player, is not the brightest, uh, but he said that Celtic should bring in this Italian coach. But the quote is, uh, "No, he's really." Really good. He can pull anything out of the rabbit. Oh my god! He can pull anything out of the rabbit. Well, <laughs> I mean that is a skill. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, quite amazing. <laughs> so on my See, list, that, that quote excites me more than Dennis Pagan winning the double. <laughs> that quote is the number one sporting moment of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, congrats, Charlie Adam. That's the pundit who said it. All right, this is on my list. Teams that uh, just bring nothing but pleasure to their fans uh, in, in no real order, but I've got the All Blacks on there. Yep. They just yep. win everything and they've got Jacinda, so shut up, New Zealand. Uh, New York Yankees, they've mm-hmm. won 27 World Series. Uh, the next, The team with the second most World Series wins is the St. Louis Cardinals with 11. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's a bit. Uh, Hang on, how many have the Yankees got, did you say? 27. Whew. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, the LA Lakers there. I mean, they just seem to win one every decade. They always get uh, big name players coming to them. They're, yeah, you know, they feel like they've consistently brought joy to their fans. Yeah. Yep, yep. The Lakers fans cannot complain. Um, interestingly, I thought Real Madrid would be the biggest one in uh, Europe, but uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid have both won ninety-one trophies apiece, Ooh. and that's including all Spanish, uh, you know, domestic cups and league titles and European trophies. Right. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Real because they've won three Champions Leagues in a row in, in within the yeah. past five mm-hmm. years. Uh, who else have I got? Juventus. Uh, they seem to win Italy almost every year, and they got Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Bayern Munich always win Germany and do well in Champions League. But the number one club that their fans cannot complain about anything. Don't. And you can- now, just before Don't. you say the club, is it, are we talking globally here, Danny? This is we are talking globally. Yes, every port, everywhere around the world. Okay. Yes. Uh, obviously, it's Richmond. Uh, just shut up, Tess. No, no, no. It's not yeah, Richmond. Yeah. It's not Richmond. Uh, I got to pronounce this correctly. It's a club you guys haven't heard of, but it's uh, uh, Al Ahli. Al Ahli, who are one of the Cairo um, soccer teams. Right. There's there's two yeah. big ones, and uh, yeah, they have won 118 trophies <laughs> in their oh, in their like hundred year existence. And uh, pretty much, it's it's just a two horse race in um, Egypt between Al Ahli and now I had to uh, text my one Egyptian friend who is uh, Walid Ali. Um, 
Zamalek uh, are their rivals. And apparently just between those two, they win everything. And even people who go for other clubs uh, support Ahli or Zamalek, really. Really? Oh, right. Why, why, why is that? Why does everyone... Because they're the only two that ever make it. So you go for your local team and whichever one you choose out of those two. Oh, funny. But you, right. if you're a member of the clubs from the article I read, if you're a member of the clubs, you're actually allowed to come in and use the facilities because you're a member. So you can go and train in the gym. And so they have these oh. massive, they're like um, uh, country clubs oh where there's swimming pools and, yeah, and restaurants. So it's a bit, it's real. I think it's a good way to, that's how, that's how AFL club membership should be. Yeah, that's awesome. I think once Although a year. that would be annoying for the players, wouldn't it? Oh, grow up players. You're getting paid enough. They'll get over it. Also, as if they'd be there at the same time. Like as if you're going and training with the actual players in those Egyptian teams. Like you probably, you think that they've got a separate gym and you think you're in the one that the players are in, but you're probably not. There's probably better. Yeah, there'd, yeah, there'd be a separate. There'd be a separate uh, good one. Would you guys pay Could extra you? for your for your club memberships, Richmond and Hawthorne, if you know, so you pay like fifty bucks extra, and you can be in one training session for the year. You join in. Well, you know, one hundred percent, you'd do it, but that would be annoying for the players because so many people would do it. They'd have, oh, yeah. they'd have they'd have some nuffy training with them every <laughs> at every training session. And so you wouldn't call this a drop punt. Now, I don't, all our oh, yeah. have just learnt what it is. You're not allowed to talk, I don't think. <laughs> in the, so if you get into the training session, you have to just join in and be quiet. Oh, no. And not for me up. then. <laughs> do that. I did train with Hawthorne once. Did you? Yes. How did that happen? Uh, I was doing a <clears> – it was 2015 and I was doing a weight loss thing on radio and the production team got in touch with Clarko and said, <clears throat> as a stunt for it, Limo's weight loss thing, can he? Because they were setting me all these different tasks, and all of them were really hard and really difficult. So they wanted to give me one fun one. And Clarko said, "Yeah, he can train with us this Thursday." Oh my god! So I, so I trained with him one Thursday. How was was it? Was it good? Did you did you you know? I hope you didn't embarrass yourself as a, a former West Adelaide Bloods great. I hope you yeah, were able yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, no, I was fine. I managed to uh, hold my own. All right. Uh, but it was, it was fun. It was really good. It was in. You know what was interesting is seeing which players were the leaders at training because often you get surprised by that. Mm. You know about who sort of runs the training and because to remember a lot of plays, <clears throat> you've got to be fairly smart. So it was interesting to them just go to the smart players who weren't necessarily the best players and go, "Can you just explain to the rest of them how this play works?" And they go, "Yeah, it's, you do mm. ABC." Ah. But anyway, and I have trained with them once. Follow-up question, Limo. Um, did you shower with them afterwards? <laughs> no, I didn't shower ah. with them afterwards because I left straight away. Oh, they all went into the gym. They did uh, They did have a weight session after that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get out before that. No, no showering with them, much to their disappointment. <laughs> uh, hey, does it matter, Danny, how much your club is worth? Nah, I didn't put take that into the um, yeah, right, because right. then you're getting like Dallas Cowboys, who I think are the no LA Lakers are the most valuable sports team in the world. Is that right? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. 
Isn't that interesting? Worth 5.5 billion. Haven't won a championship since 1996. Yeah. And, Um, you know, that's a game that only one country is really interested in. mm. So uh, New York Yankees, number two, New York Knicks. I'm just trading off, I guess, the name New York. But New York Knicks, and the Knicks are terrible. And oh, have yeah. Been terrible that's my team. We're the worst. We're owned by a little Trump guy. And I think I think they'd just be the most valuable because of Madison Square Garden. So the guy yeah, who I, owns the Knicks owns Madison Square Garden. Uh, yeah, right. The last time the Knicks won a championship was in what year, Danny? 1973. Yeah, that's it. And who was playing for the Knicks in 1973 when they won that championship? Was it Bill Russell? Someone Russell. Phil 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 Jackson. Yeah, that's Ah. right. Who went on to coach Chicago and the Lakers to 11 championships between them. Yeah. That's that's why I love in um, The Last Dance, uh, Jerry Seinfeld's talking to Michael Jordan and, you know, he doesn't care, but then he sees Phil Jackson and he gets intimidated because Jerry's a big Knicks fan. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, it doesn't matter. They're still the uh, uh, third most valuable franchise. Then the Lakers, Golden State Warriors rounding out the, um, the top five. There we go. Yeah, so you couldn't do that because it would just be American teams if, as the bluesometer, you know. Yeah. yeah. Real Madrid is number six. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Where are the, where are the Dem- Denver Broncos? Because uh, they're probably going to lose a bit of uh, value considering they're supposed to play, I think, today or tomorrow. And uh, all three of the quarterbacks on their roster have tested positive for Corona. Jesus. And they can't, uh, they, they can't, if they, they, if they call the game off, they forfeit. So they don't want to forfeit. So I think they're just going to bring, play players out of position, which is very rare in gridiron. It is indeed. Uh, Denver Broncos, 25th on the list. Uh, that'll, that'll drop down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're about to have a stinker. Um, Hey, what about the New England Patriots? They've brought a fair bit of joy to their fans over. Oh, uh, yeah. I should have put them in. Yeah. Sorry about that. I just uh, didn't really think about it because I don't, <laughs> don't really like. care about gridiron. <laughs> I don't like Tom Brady. Um, no, I'm speaking on your behalf. No, I don't like I don't like Tom Brady. He's, no. a, he's a Trump supporter. He's a, he's, um, he left his pregnant partner for, for a model. Like, you know, it's a pretty yeah. bad move. Um, you're essentially yeah. dead to me after that despite the fact that he's quite good at his sport. Um, yeah. Now. Well, I mean, it was Giselle Bunchen. Wasn't it Giselle? Was it Giselle? Yeah, yeah. Look, it was, yeah. But you also made the choice to impregnate someone and then leave them for Giselle. You could just wait till she had the baby. Anyway, it's just a vulnerable time. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, is, is that the best time to leave? So, so so we should tell your husband, Sam, that if he's thinking of leaving you, just wait till you've, your placenta is out and then go, oh, by the way, yes. things aren't working. Things I've actually decided. <laughs> I've decided this. I've had enough. I've been like, okay. Um, thanks, Tom Brady. See, it would be a sick burn forever because he doesn't like Tom Brady. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. Hey, Danny, are there any Australian teams on this list of yours? Oh, no. No, 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 no. The, uh, <laughs> we've got a pretty good equalisation in the uh, – I mean, you could say the Australian cricket team because we do win more than we don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly the women's team. Hell yeah. No football team, no AFL teams on the – on that oh, I mean, Richmond and Hawthorne obviously have the most uh, fans that you yeah. know just get everything handed to them. That eastern suburbs uh, <laughs> privilege. So yeah, yeah, if I was a supporter of yeah. those teams, I'd be very happy. 
Well, I mean, when you mentioned you mentioned handouts there, and that's perhaps let's work in that area for the time being. Um, shall we have a look at the handouts that each of our clubs have received from federal and state governments over the years? <laughs> the total for Hawthorne, I can tell you, is zero dollars. So where where does uh, where do the Bulldogs stand on this one, Danny? Oh uh, no, I think because we uh, we are helping the community and we're building a hub for the Western region. We're helping with a lot of mental health and physical health issues around there, and not just mouthing off about corona lockdown and trying oh. to kill the ageing population oh. of this state. That's why we get a bit of help with uh, a new stadium. Okay. All right. Uh, Tess, you've just announced you've just been uh, awarded a giant handout by the state government because your club's struggling so much. Yeah, we've got to get that punt road oval needs a lot of money involved in getting it just right because it's so special to the whole of Melbourne. You know, not just us, because people are stuck in traffic. I think that's how they calculate it. Outside Punt Road Oval, the most of any other place in the whole state. Therefore, <laughs> needs to look super nice so people feel better about living in Melbourne. Yeah. You know what needs money? Bloody Dingley. Dingley needs money. How long are you stuck in traffic outside Dingley, though? <laughs> yeah, well. And Dingley, a community hub as well, available for the uh, people in the local area. So, hang on, who actually lives in Dingley apart from the members of the band Jet? Uh, <laughs> what? I, think, I think that's about it. All right. <laughs> uh, so. What would be your actual? So, like, I, of course, um, went through because I don't think even if your team does win a lot that you can rely on them winning a lot and so my blissometer was quite um, different from yours my first two were the Matildas and the Socceroos despite having no success the feeling of camaraderie when you're up at three o'clock in the morning which is the only time I get up that early is to watch the national games and also the Matildas make me feel good about my life choices every time I get up and when you're on Twitter everyone else is awake at the same time watching the games and so I feel like as a national sport, it has the most potential to bring everyone together because everyone's like, oh, it's once every four years, like the World Cups. We're invested, so it makes me feel good, therefore blissful, you know, that's mm, yeah. what I'm going with. It's, and similarly to the Olympics, the Australian Olympic team every four years, I completely 100% invest in and feel like huge amounts of happiness when we win medals that I've never cared about before. So I feel like, you know, it's disproportionate bliss for the amount of effort I've put in. So I put that on the list. Um, the Australian Diamonds, our netball team, who really um, are so good that we now let other teams, which is uh, which is backfired. But, for example, England, a lot of English netballers come and play in the Australian competition because our competition is so good. Therefore, they get trained up really well, which is why we then lost to them um, in the Com Games. But, like, overall, over my lifetime, they've been the most successful kind of team that I've been able to get around. And also footy-wise, I put Sydney Swans <laughs> because um, I feel like they have a really, like, distinguished and posh life at the SCG. They have really nice co- colours, an amazing song, a great bloods culture that they overcame after a huge drought to win, and then they've had that really good no-dickheads policy ever since, and now they've got Buddy Franklin. Like, I feel like that's quite a good they've got a lot of good things we said no dick heads we're allowed to have one (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you'd feel really proud to be a sydney fan not that i am one and also july one team test no and to point of point objection your honor objection do you know what's depressing having your team taken away from your city (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come that on. might that might eliminate. I no, that eliminates Fitzroy, but I don't think it eliminates South Melbourne. Happy to. What? Why not? That's the exact same thing. Because it was so long ago that I feel like they've. Oh, we have to get over it, do we? Okay. All right. But there's been so much joy ever since. And also Sydney, like, then it's good for the game that they have a good team. And Geelong, one team, one town, one newspaper, one radio station. Geelong is special. And Cadinia Park is an amazing ground. So that's it. Yeah, they, and they are pretty, like, Lima, you talk about handouts. Cadinia Park is oh, located oh, yeah. within three marginal seats, so I don't think they've they've paid for anything oh, in the past yeah, 30 no, years. I, I had a corporate gig down there and that was, and they just had some work done, some more work done, <laughs> and I, I, I opened my gig with, gee, it must be nice to live in a marginal electorate. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, Scott Morrison was actually doing the work, him and Scott yeah, Ham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they've benefited very nicely out of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but Tess, surely if we're talking AFL, you choose your team, St well, no, Kilda. No, I didn't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, we topped the list last week. It's too greedy, yeah. it's too greedy to top another list. Um, but I didn't, yeah, I, my team, I don't think you can actually pick your own team even if they bring you joy because there's no bliss in your team because it's always downhill from whenever you're good. It's too depressing. No, 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 that's that's a personal that's a personal thing. <laughs> I'm always glass half full with Hawthorne, so they bring me joy mm. all the time. That's why I feel sorry for supporters like you who you're sad and negative <laughs> the entire season until you win the grand final. Then you give yourself a little period of joy, and then you start stressing about how shit the future's going to be. I know from recent experience, it's been awesome. <laughs> it's worked in my favour, and I can't change the path now. So whatever I've been doing has worked clearly so well that we've won a substantial amount of premierships and also I've now got a baby brewing that may see the downhill spiral, but then I can say to it, but wait, it comes good again, you know? Yeah, and Tess, Limo just saying that, you know, I can't understand uh, teams that are are negative all the time just proves he has no idea what it's like (laughs) to follow an, an unlucky football team. A loser team. Uh, yeah, to be to be raised in a world of privilege yep. is uh, <laughs> quite confusing for someone like myself. Hey, uh, and I guess I agree with you with the Olympics. Mm. It's, it brings the community together. Yeah. You know, people, and that feels good. We're all on the same sporting pay. We're on the same sporting pay as a nation for two yep. weeks. It's, it's nice. It's so nice. It's nice, and we become experts. We're all like, oh, it's yeah. so, you know, everyone became a, a coronavirus expert. Everyone became an epidemiologist all of a sudden. Especially <laughs> Jeff Kennett. We all become diving judges during the Olympics. <laughs> well, it was our 2020 Olympics was COVID, and so we yeah. had to, like, channel it into something, and so that's been it really. Uh, whereas bring on 2021, maybe in Tokyo. Maybe. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Um, now, any more, any further business, guys? Before we wrap it up, uh, I got I got two things. One is just a, a fun stat uh, about my bulldogs. Um, hey, guys, yeah. on the current list of players, who how <clears throat> how many games do you think the most uh, matches the most experienced player on the bulldogs list? How many games do you think he's played? Um, mm. I've got to try and think who that's going to be. 
Uh, I'm going to guess it's less than 200. It is less. Otherwise- it's right. That's that's the whole point. It's Jack McRae with only 159 games. Jack McRae? Yep. How when did Eastern Woods start playing? He started in 09 but uh, couldn't break into the side for ages. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Libba, because Libba's been injured. Libba, yeah, just done two, two ACLs. Wow. So yeah, not as many. Wow, that is fun. Yeah, and the only other thing is, um, did you guys see the um, All Blacks v Argentina match <clears throat> before the Haka? Mm. Um, the All Blacks laid down a um, All Blacks shirt with Maradona written on there, which was quite uh, nice and respectful, but then they did the Haka anyway, which sort of ruined the moment. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and smash them as well. Yeah. Um, hey, did you guys see Gary Lineker talking about Maradona? Oh, no. What Gazza say? Uh, to me, it's, it's the best thing I've seen uh, as far as tributes to Maradona goes. He was just on a BBC uh, soccer show and he spoke about he played with Maradona once in a World Eleven versus uh, it might have been against Liverpool maybe or an English Premier League team. and. Um, he said they went out before the game and he said this may not sound like much to people who don't play soccer, but to soccer players they'll get it. He said they walked out to the middle of the ground and Maradona had the ball sort of on his boot and he kicked it up in the air really high and then caught it on his foot, just bounced it a couple of times and then kicked it really high in the air again and then caught it on his foot. He said he did it 13 times and wouldn't have moved more than three steps from his spot. And he said the next week at training, him and all the other guys tried it, uh, and the best anyone got was three. Oh, and wow. that was like running ten or fifteen meters to try and catch one of the one of the kicks. Wow! But anyway, the whole speech from Gary Lineker is amazing. Yeah, and apparently the doco that's on Amazon Prime is really good. I don't have Prime, so I've not seen it. But uh, Santo Chilero told me how they got the footage for that doco was it was filmed years ago, and uh, and then. <clears throat> by some guys who just followed Maradona around for like two years. And then these new group of people wanted to make the Maradona documentary and Maradona said, look, I'll talk to you for one day only. You can't have any other footage from that. I'll talk to you all day, but then I'm done, okay? I don't want any. And then he- he'd mentioned that there was footage. They go, where is that? And he goes, I don't know. I had to leave Napoli in a hurry. So they were somewhere in that old flat and they go, who owns it? He goes, I don't know, maybe my ex-wife. They asked his ex-wife, she goes, yeah, I've still, I still own that flat. And they go, well, who's living there? She goes, no one. No one's been there since we left in during the 80s. And so they went back to the flat and yet literally no one had been in there. So there was cobwebs and everything. And then they just opened a drawer and found all the footage. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And that documentary is incredible. Yes, it does, from what I've been told, it's it's one of the it's like as good as Last Dance. Mm, I'll give that a go. Yeah. Uh, so give that a crack. Um, all right, nice. And speaking of legends, it's good to see Mike Tyson back in the ring. Uh, did he win? Ninety. It was a draw. Of course, it was a draw. <laughs> you get Lima. Just I'm just going to blame all boxing on you because you're a boxing fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. It's just ridiculous. Oh, next um, week um, we're going to get Nick Cody on because there's a UFC bout in two weeks' time and I want him to explain to us what's going to happen because he's – I don't really love UFC, but Cody always gets me excited about it because his enthusiasm is so infectious and I want him to make Tess want to watch UFC. That's the goal I'm giving him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Challenge. There was the um, – uh, Nate Robinson was knocked out, who's an NBA player 
went up against a YouTube star just to really lend credibility to the undercard of the <laughs> ah. But Nate Robinson, the former NBA player, uh, was knocked out hardcore. I did see this. I saw a little uh, gif of it, oh. gif, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he was not well oh, no. uh, after that. But I, th- I think he's okay today. Although I did see a couple of people have, tw- have tweeted thinking about you. Magic Johnson said, I'm thinking about you. So I actually hope he's okay. Oh, God. They go, but yeah, he, he, he copped it bad. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, um, the, only, the only other business I have, i got a gig this week, Friday night, European Beer Cafe, Basement Comedy Club. Uh, come, and, come, and, come down to support live comedy. They're allowed 40 people in. So sell it out. They came to play fans. And also I will be doing a gig in Adelaide in January. All right. Get involved, people. Yes. Get involved. Uh, thank you, Danny McGinley. Thank you. Go, dogs. Uh, thank you, Tess Armstrong. Thank you, go, dogs. Uh, I'll say go, Hawks. And thanks for tuning in.